Oh, quit your crying. What's the problem? I literally think we just found our intro. I think that literally just sums up my childhood right there. Welcome back to another episode of That's Not What Mom Said. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. A little podcast between a dad and his daughter. I'm the daughter, <laughs> obviously. Wow. This is going well. You know, yeah, I'm the dad. We're on episode four, you know. So you think we'd be getting better at this. Okay. People know us. They don't have that high of standards. This is completely... No, wait, wait, wait. No. Let expect. me correct that. The people who do know us. That's what I said. Well, right, yes. Right. Yeah. We have no standards. Yes. No, for most. <laughs> okay. So the last episode, we mm-hmm. talked about our adventures in camping. Yes. And we, we kind of hinted at the accident-prone one. Mm-hmm. Who would that be? Yep. Yeah, like uh-huh. D3. That's you? D3, okay. I also think that it's like... <laughs> no, 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 don't go there. No, because like that's like in sports. You know, they have a D1, D2, D3. Yeah, I was yeah. always like no, D3 in sports. I got D1, D2, D3. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're D3. I know. Okay. There, there, there's so many incidents that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. And there will be future podcasts mm-hmm. that we will delve into the various <laughs> incidents. But this is what I would call one of my most significant ones. This is really, the incident. This is kind of this is, the incident that was like one of my most significant ones. And it really kind of also like got the ball rolling on like my career path. It shaped your life. Yeah. And who who would have thunk that like something so traumatic actually we were able to turn it into like a, I don't know. Absolutely a positive. Absolutely positive, a positive. Okay. It's. It's one of those, it was a traumatic time in your life that actually spanned over 10 years mm-hmm. and, really, that, yeah. and really shaped where you are today. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's to say if this never happened? I don't think I would be in a career then. then. Right. So, so let's get let, into it. Cause people, well, people I tell you what, let's start really at the end. At the end. What is your career? Okay. I am a restorative dental hygienist. So I have kind of given myself this title. Essentially, I am a dental hygienist, but I also have my restorative functions. So I do, at the office I'm currently at, I do dental hygiene two days a week, and then I do assisting and restorative functions, which... And that degree came from where? The University of Minnesota. Go Gophers. Go Gophers. In Minnesota, with having a restorative functions degree, they also allow hygienists to like place fillings, so... I'm a little bit of a jack of all trades in the dental world, as I like to claim. So if my boss is listening to this. Um, I hope you agree. <laughs> the jack of all trades, master of none. Obviously. That's how that's how the, the phrase goes. That's the end. Mm-hmm. So let's go to the beginning. Beginning is okay, so it was on March 27th of I don't even know the year. I was 10 ten, years old. Though. Ten years old. So 2003. Yep, March 27, 2003. Um, and, and we'll stop just for a second because this episode is going to be entitled Scooter Incident mm-hmm. or that damn, scooter. that damn Scooter. Okay. All right. So that we've kind of, kind of foreshadowed yes. what this is all about. Yep. So, um, yeah, March 27th, 2003, mom was out of town with Lindsay for some school events. I was Meet or no, it was history, history day. day. Okay. And you were getting ready to take Shelby to soccer practice. And you were like, okay, you're going to scoot her down to a neighbor's house. And 
I was gonna like hang out with them um, while I while you were gone. So we were we were leaving at the same time. You know, with it being March in Minnesota, like the snow had just melted, and I was on a sidewalk scooter in one of those little stupid razor push scooters. You know, I vividly remember this. I got a black razor scooter for Christmas. All three of us got them for Christmas. It, and you had to go two blocks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Less than two blocks. Less than two blocks. Yep. So I made it across the street onto the sidewalk. And um, I got my, like, front, like, wheels stuck in the, like, sand and grass. And then I went to go, like, turn and keep going. Well, I kept going. The scooter, the scooter did not. Stopped. The scooter stopped. The scooter was still stuck in the sand. So I just went face first over the handlebars. Face plant. Uh, like into the sidewalk. Definition of face plant into the concrete. And at this point also, side note, my parents had just invested <laughs> Already in my smile, and I had had braces on for one week, a little over a week. Yes, I'll go face first over it. And at this point, like, I go into pure shock, and like, adrenaline kicks in. And I, I, like, I'm like, oh my god, and, like, I panic. And I, like, feel my face because I know my face took the brunt of the fall. And I feel my face, and I see blood, and I'm like, I don't like blood as it is, really. And I start to like panic. And I remember I looked down and I saw what looked like my tooth in fact it was my tooth as my front tooth but it was huge because I knocked out the entire root and I picked it up and it scared me with how big it was so I put it back down and then then continued on to the house you were supposed to go to yeah 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 continued on the house so naturally I pick up my scooter don't leave it there I pick up my scooter but I'm not getting back on it because I'm scared so I'm walking with my scooter down the road crying you know, I was, I was like, kind of crying. I was more freaked out because of how much blood there was. I never remember it hurting because I think I just went into, like, shock Oh, yeah, it went immediately into shock. Sure. Yeah. So I walk into my neighbor's house. I walk, like, I know them well, and I have to walk into the garage, and I walk into the mudroom. I they fell. And they're like, <laughs> really? <laughs> and so they, she quick runs and go gets their next-door neighbor. Thank goodness. Who was a di- dental hygienist? She was a dental hygienist. And so she, like, sits down because, like, the neighbor who I originally went to their house, like, she did not deal well with blood. And so the dental hygienist neighbor, she was, like, looking at my mouth trying to see if I knocked, like, the tooth up or if I knocked it out completely. She's like, all right, she knocked it out completely. So I believe they called you. They did. They called me. And you came back right away. I retraced your steps. Well, I was trying to explain to you that I knocked my tooth out by the speed limit sign. But I, I, like, could hardly talk at this point. I was trying to, I think you guys were able to like follow my blood trail. I did. I found the tooth. Mm-hmm. And I, I told you, put it in a cup of milk. I, I Yes, because that's what the dental hygienist told you. No, because I, I remember learning about this in those little pamphlets that they gave me in school, the Great Body Shop. Okay. So <laughs> I found the tooth, mm-hmm. ran home, put it in a cup of milk, mm-hmm. went back to the house where you were at. Yep. They had called... I think our dentist. Our dentist, um, but he was out of he town. He was out of town. It was spring break, so he has set up an emergency dentist, um, which is like very common what they Dr. do. Doctor Furry. I, I was gonna say I will never forget this man's name, Doctor Furry. Um, yeah, shout out to him. He was like, all right, yep, come on over. Obviously, bring the this tooth. This was a Saturday. This was a Saturday morning. He was like, bring the tooth. I'll meet you guys there. And so you guys came, mom. Like she wasn't there. She it was just. She came to the dental office. No. She met us there after at Maybe. some point. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But, but you, the next door neighbor. And the dental hygienist yes. came. And thank goodness, because the dentist like looked at you guys and he's like, I need an assistant. And you were like, mm, I'm going to have to sit this one out. Kathy. Yep. Kathy. Yeah. The neighbor of the to the house you went to. Yep. The she dental was a dental hygienist. So she, she assisted. assisted Dr. Furry. At this point, like when you knock out a tooth, what's, and okay, it's it was an adult tooth. You knock out a baby tooth, you just, you don't do anything. You just want to make sure there's no trauma to the adult tooth. It's just something you'll monitor. When you knock out an adult tooth, it's pretty much essential that if you're going to save that tooth, you need to get it back into the socket, essentially. As quickly as, as possible. As quickly as possible. It needs to be pretty much in under an hour. We were right around that. So this dentist is like, he quick takes off my forefront brackets on my teeth. On your braces. Mm-hmm. And there's no time at this point to like numb me up. You know, it's just like, we're getting in there. And I'm still in shock. So I never remember any of this like hurting. Push the tooth push back the in. Tooth. I mean, that's what you have to do. Like you push the tooth back in. And then he put on a like cemented like bar to stabilize that between my two front teeth. And then I had such a bad cut on my upper lip. And they were like, oh, the, like Dr. Furry's like, I think you should take her possibly like to the ER for like stitches. And at this point, I was like, nope, it ain't happening. I was so over everything at this point. I was like, nope, nah. We went home and, you know, waited it out. I think I missed like a week of school because I was so swollen. Like, I was a mess. Oh, like, absolutely. And it was, it was like, I couldn't eat like any normal nope. food. It was and, all liquids. Yep. You know, but they said, like, oh, well, like, it's actually a good thing you had braces on if you wouldn't have had braces on. Like, it might have broke the tooth. Yeah. Or you might have knocked out your four front teeth. <clears throat> so this kind of set in motion my many, many visits with many, many dental offices and dental specialists. And and the goal in all of this was to save the to tooth. To save the tooth for as long as we could. Until I was old enough to get an implant and knowing that, you know, you, you really don't want to get an implant until you're at least like in your, at least in your 20s when your like facial structure stops kind of growing. I was able to somehow hang on to this front tooth until I was about 22. And I mean, it was, it was, it was 12 years. Visits and mm-hmm. calcium injections. I had a, a cadaver bone. I've had two of those now. Right. I've had a red canal on it. I've had um, internal bleaching. It works. And I have braces put on twice. And a retainer and a bar behind it, right? Mm-hmm. I had a lingual retainer to help stabilize it. And I had dentists working with my orthodontist. And then, it's so cute, they would actually go and get lunch together and, like, talk about my case. And then I was working with a periodontist. And I was also working with an endodontist. And throughout this process, I mean, I didn't even know half of these Pontus things existed. I had no clue what any of these were. And I just love, I didn't even, one, I didn't even know you could put a tooth back in. And so that's Who like, knew? I, right? Right. I mean, I had to learn that the hard way. <laughs> but it just, it fascinated me. And I feel so fortunate that I was like lucky enough to like have such great dental care providers that I worked with throughout this entire process and fortunate enough to like have like that you and mom were able to make sure that I was able to seek and provide or was able to like you know be provided with like excellent care throughout this it peaked an interest it did and it like I just love this idea of all these different specialists working together to achieve one common goal and the fact that like I never just felt like another patient to them I was like wait you guys have you guys are seeing more than just like one patient like 
I felt I was always a priority and I just, I love that. And it was so interesting to me, all these things they were doing just to preserve this one tooth. And if then to me, like it always made, my smile was always like a priority to me. And since it was a front tooth, it was I mean, pretty obvious, but like up until the day that I had it extracted for the implant process, like it looked good. You would right. have... People never knew. It wasn't the same length as the other tooth for a while there. And that's why I had to get braces on for the second time. But what I thought was really interesting, you had to get the flipper. Oh, okay. So the start of my implant process. So at this point, I was in dental hygiene school. I got accepted in the dental hygiene school. And I think I honestly feel like part of the reason I was accepted in the dental hygiene school too is I talked about all my different experiences with this specialist and I was fortunate enough to receive this care. Like I and wanted you had some experience and knowledge Mm -hmm. and I really wanted to be able to like be this type of like dental provider to somebody else but at this point we were in it was my first year of dental hygiene school and we were clinic and in clinic um, you work on one another before they trust you to work on real patients because when you're in dental hygiene school you are not considered a real person you are just considered a you know you work on each other I mean we practice injecting on each other so a flipper describe what a flipper is so a flipper is Basically, for how I had it on a front tooth, is it is a removable partial, and it basically was a front tooth that I, like, when I had my tooth extracted, it was in place of that front tooth, and I could pop it in and out. You couldn't eat with it? No, I could eat with it in. Oh, you could. I couldn't, like, they, you don't sleep with it in, because you need to get a span across the roof of your mouth, and you need to let your roof of your mouth breathe at night. When I first was going through the implant process, I, it's about, like, it was, for me, it was about a year and a half long process until I had a final tooth, like, implanted tooth. And so, when I first found out that I wasn't going to have a front tooth for, like, a while, I cried. I was, like, I remember devastated. nobody was going to see you without nobody your front tooth. Nobody was ever going to see me without my front tooth in. <laughs> That didn't last long. Because, oh, it became a party trick. Oh, yeah. I was like, you know what? If I can't make fun of myself, you know, and it's like, this is temporary. I need to be realize that this is temporary. And I need to make the best of it while I can. Yeah, my flipper, I would, I remember when I would be with people, we'd be out at the bars. I'd be talking to like some people I would never even met before. This is my favorite thing to do to freak people out. I'd be talking mid-sentence, pop it in and out real quick. Like, I would just let, like, my front tooth, Yeah, but it like, would look like you had a hole in your mouth. Yeah, I would just let my front tooth, like, drop to the bottom really quick, and i pop back. And be like, wait, what? Or, like, what do you mean? And they'd be like, you're, what? And I'd be like, what? And I would just mess with people all the time. I remember there was something at the University of Minnesota, go Gophers, <laughs> and there was a collage. Mm-hmm. For the, this was for the dental program, right? This, this is for, yeah, something in the dental hygiene program when we were trying to, like, win, I don't know. It was some type of thing we had to put together, like, a little, like, photo. And so we put together a photo in, of a bunch of our smiles in the shape of the letter M for, like, you know, the Minnesota M. Go Gophers. <laughs> and I think, of like, one of my photos was, like, right smack dab in the middle. Or, no, Without- it was... Yeah. Lower right-hand corner. Well, I'm sorry, lower right-hand corner, end of the M, and it was without my flipper in. So your smile with this hole yep. in your mouth. And it was it was like so perfect mm-hmm. that while you were going to the University of Minnesota, go Gophers, um, <laughs> you were called on in your classes a lot of times to talk about your experience. Yeah, because we were learning about implants and the process of it and what they were doing. And so... It was actually, I could talk about it, and it was so funny when I was beginning my next surgery, because it was like three or four surgeries throughout the process, 
I would be like, okay, yeah, so this is, this is what I got done. This is what a skin graft looks like. And so everyone would come and gather around and come right, look at my mouth. Yeah, and, open your mouth and right? they all look at you. Yeah, so it was, um, my husband has never known me with the flipper. He met me after I had the permanent tooth, but he's seen videos. I've taken, like, boomerangs of me just popping the flipper in and out, and he's just like, oh, it's so weird. And, but and I, being from Louisiana, he's used to that, right? Uh, it's not Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're Yeah, no, no, she didn't mean that. <laughs> but I have friends. Like, I have this one friend, Jim, who, whenever we would get together when I had the flipper, I don't know why this is our tradition. Whenever we would get together, we would take a photo with him and I without my flipper in, and we would send it to his mom every single time. And, like, I have so many friends that were like, oh, God, I kind of miss the flipper. And, like, I literally have a patient who comes in and sees me now. Her, like, wife had really bad, like, dental anxiety. She's like, oh, she's just, like, she feels like she's going to be, like, judged and da-da-da. So I literally sent my this patient a picture of me with us me smiling without my flipper in and I was like ah just tell your wife this that this is what my smile used to look like and she was like oh my god this is amazing so it's like patience and know about this I mean because of your experience it really gives you something you can relate to you know, with yeah. your, your your clients right your yeah. the, the dental patients that you treat yeah I talk to patients all the time about implants and you know what's actually really funny is I remember I posted on Instagram like one of my boomerangs of me without my front tooth and, and I got messaged by some random person. Oh, I don't want to know. <laughs> I got messaged. There is a market out there for people without like missing a front tooth. There's like a fetish market out there, like a fetish modeling thing. Oh, and I told oh. patients about this who are missing a front tooth have a flipper. I was like, okay, I'm just saying. I know implants are expensive. You're looking to make an extra cash. There's markets no, out no, there. No, no, no. I tell them jokingly, but I'm like, but no. So like, I've been able to relate to so many people about it. Honestly, it was like hilarious, and I, yeah, know. it really is because I remember when you first got the flipper, no one, no one was gonna ever see you without your tooth. Do you remember and how that changed? Oh yeah, I used to. <laughs> you would get so mad about this. I would like the instant I would come home, I would take my flipper out because I like I just didn't like wearing it, and I would leave it like on the end tables, and you would get so gross. You're like, Amy, your tooth is out. <laughs> and still up until this day, I mean, it was 12 years in the process of working on this, and my dentist still where I saw the same dentist and the same periodontist throughout this process, and they were amazing. I mean, my dentist made sure like he. Came in on a Saturday, actually. He goes, okay, your final crown is done. I want you to get this done. Because I was leaving to Guatemala for Guatemala to go work in their dental clinics for a little bit. He's like, I want you to have your final tooth before you leave. So, like, he came in on a Saturday by himself and cemented my tooth in. It was a journey that wasn't just you. No. But it was with several dental professionals. Mm -hmm. That Really, it, it is amazing how that got you to where you are. I think it really did, like, I think... At first, really got me interested in the field. And then I think just the care and the way that I was like treated throughout the process really helped me decide how I wanted to be a provider for other patients. Is I never want to make someone feel like they're just another patient. And I never want to make them feel like my priority is to make a profit. Because I never felt like that throughout this. It was always... They cared about you. Yes. I felt so well taken care of throughout this. And so I think just having that like also really helped shape what kind of provider I wanted to be. And it's so, I, I, the whole thing that's so amazing in all of this is that, like you said, it was over a 10-year journey. Mm-hmm. But you never know what that moment in your life right. is going to set the path mm-hmm. that dictates where you're going to end up. 
I mean, seriously, that was probably one of the most, like, traumatic things, just because that also, like, set off, like, a, a huge just chain reaction of, like, expenses with surgeries and all this stuff. But it was probably one of the most, like, I think we were able to turn it into one of the most positive things. But not, now looking back, absolutely. Yeah. Right? Because you're a very successful dental hygienist. You are respected. Well, I and hope so. you do a great <laughs> job because of the experiences that mm-hmm. you bring into your career. And you can't, you cannot put a price on something like that. Yeah. Because it's, it's like it has shaped the person you become in the profession that you've chosen. And you may not have chosen that profession no. if you hadn't lost that tooth. I mean, I had no interest prior to this. and like, I Well, mean, you were 10. You had no interest in anything. Yeah, you never do. But I wasn't going to grow up to be a pop star. So. Right. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Definitely not. Ever since that, ever since then, like I was like, I want to be something in the dental field, right? And I mean, it, it was like that. I, I I was a little concerned you wanted to be a dentist. Why? Because there was no way I could afford that. <laughs> okay, well you're lucked out because I did get into dental school. <laughs> maybe we both lucked out. I couldn't afford dental school either. But it, it's still maybe something in the future. No. No. Good. Again, I, I think the thing is, you just never know mm-hmm. what that point in your life is going to end up leading you down the path to what it is you become. Exactly. You never know, like, what type of, like, chain reaction of events. Who would have thought that this led to that? And it's, exactly. so it is really interesting thinking about that as to at what point in your life is going to set off a chain reaction. And it, it, you're right. It's a, exactly it. It was a chain reaction mm-hmm. because it wasn't one event done over with yeah it was get the tooth back in and then try to save the tooth and save the tooth as long as we can and then it was the whole process Mm -hmm. of of replacing that tooth with a permanent replacement and all of that i mean maybe because it was so prominent for over 10 years at the age of 10 to the age of 20 it really was something that front tooth right it's front and center Mm -hmm. and so it did shape the person who you became now we look back at it and say, wow, that was a good thing. Right? right? It was not at the time. We can laugh about it now. Well, we've been, we've been laughing about it for well, yeah. a few years. Yeah. I, I'm still, like I said, amazed that no one will ever see me without my tooth. And then there it is. I mean, it was just your smile, but oh, the yeah. University of Minnesota, go Gophers. <laughs> and there was your smile. And I knew it was you because the tooth was missing. Wow. It was perfect. Yeah. I mean, and it's. I like I just got to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna embrace this. I miss being able to freak people out. I mean, all my friends saw me without it. I mean, it was it was the greatest party trick. Arguably you could say that is something that could really cause anxiety for a person. Mm-hmm. And you could have gone down the dark side. I mean it it caused like anxiety in the beginning, but then I got to a point where I was like, Like okay, you said you, know you embraced what? it. Well, I was like I got to a point where, like, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I'm going through the implant process. There's so many people that don't go through that process because it is very expensive. And so I was like, you know what? You well, need but to it's suck not only it expensive, but it's time consuming. It is. It is very time consuming. And it's some people don't even qualify for implants. Like sometimes they don't have enough bone there. Sometimes you are not a good candidate for and it. That was one of the things we were concerned about. Yeah. Maintaining the bone mass on above that tooth line. Well, yeah, because I got it. I have another cadaver bone. Yep. I've had two cadaver bones. So, mm-hmm. you know. The main point in this whole episode is you never know what could happen to you early in your life and where mm-hmm. it might lead you to. In this sense, something bad happened 
And it really turned out yeah. really good. Yeah. Or it's just that Razor scooters are really dangerous. Oh, yeah, Razor scooters. <laughs> it just depends on how you yeah. take I've never been on one since. <laughs> I, think, I think after that incident, I threw them you all threw away. threw all of them away. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was, mm-hmm. we were not going to go through something like that again. No, but in all honesty, it truly is where something, you know, negative might take you to something positive and where that whole chain of... Absolutely. You know. They say hindsight is twenty twenty. Looking mm-hmm. back, you, you have a better idea. Oh, but for sure. It's like, this is where at any instant, you keep a positive attitude. Yeah. Because something good can always come out of it. And mm-hmm. thankfully, this is a happy ending. Yes, thankfully. Right? Yeah. Because so. that, that doesn't always happen. But, you know, that's just a little little background on my um, klutziness and how I got yeah, to the we'll, career. We'll talk more about oh, your trust klutziness. Me. There's more stories. There are to so come. many stories. There's stories. so many yeah. stories. Uh-huh. Yeah. And just your gracefulness as to how to handle my klutziness. So where do we go from here? Well, I guess, you know, we've already kind of pre-alluded to it a little bit. I guess we really could talk about my gracefulness and your gracefulness of how to handle my um, so, lack thereof of gracefulness. Okay, <laughs> so we might lead into some of the other incidents. Mm-hmm. And maybe focus. They're not nearly as serious as no, this one. They're no. a, lot, a lot more lighthearted. And, and focus. Yeah, okay. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Until the next time, we'll regale you with <laughs> more of Amy's klutziness. You know what? I'm sure we can uh, dabble in a couple stories of your own there, okay? Sure. Why All not? right? Yeah. So um, this has been another episode of That's Not What Mom Said. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Totally, once again, feel free to contact us at our email, which you can reach us at that's not what mom said at gmail.com. Um, we're hoping to you know get some emails and hopefully share some of your guys' stories here in one of the episodes. Yeah, absolutely. We would love to hear from uh, any of our listeners, if yeah. we have any listeners. <laughs> I think it's going to be fun to mm-hmm. share the experiences of other people. Yeah, because share some stories. As, and... as unique as we think we are, we know we're, we're not. We know we're not. Yeah. But, so again, that's it. That's not what mom said at gmail.com. Yeah. No punctuation. Yep. And until the next time. Until next time. Thank Thanks, you. guys. This has been an episode of That's Not What Mom Said, a dialogue between a dad and his daughter. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends. And if not, well, thanks for lasting this long. No children were harmed in the production of this podcast.